You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, it's a, it's a special thank you. We're doing something we've been talking about for a very long time. We're talking about Sarah-related books. What does that mean? <laughs> Stay tuned. We're going to let you know. <laughs> Uh, before we dive into that, though, what are you reading, Bria? <laughs> um, I just finished a book that I know you know, you and I are both looking forward to. It's called uh, A Little Devil in America, Praise uh, Notes in Praise on Black Performance by Hanifa Dirakee. Oh, how I have it on hold at the library. How was it? It's great. It's fantastic. It's um, it's it's essays on um, yeah, essentially like uh, like black performance, everything from um, I, I I actually learned a lot, but then also um, uh, Hanif Jirakim just has a really great way of of writing and inserting his personal experience. So it's everything from uh, Josephine Baker and uh, her life um, as far as and performances um, to um, dance competitions where people would like dance all night uh, to like the Wu Tang Clan. So like all all sorts of like things about about black performance and then his own sort of personal ex, uh, experience. Um, it's it's really fantastic. It's it was a great book that I sort of read like piece by piece. I would go and you know read like a chapter a night or something. Um, but it's just really well written. Uh, there's there's this whole thing about like playing cards in the back black back of a van and like his experience of being like the black kids at the punk shows. And it's just so it goes through everything like um, or what it was like to like go to, like uh, his school had the, it like lunchtime you could go like dance and like the gym uh, and all the kids who would go dance in the gym. It was just like all, all the stuff about like dancing, performing, singing, um, uh, uh, famous musician rivalries. It's really great. And I really, I super enjoyed it. Um, I really think he's like, um, he's a podcast. Did I, I think I mentioned this last time. He has a podcast about music as well. We're going to interview musicians. And he's just kind of becoming like this really, if he's not already, like on the forefront of like, um, uh, music criticism and um and and personalizing music criticism in this really interesting way. Um Gosh, we should see if we can get him on the show. Oh, I love it. Reading Glass's favorite. I know. I know. I know. Uh what are you reading, Mallory? Uh so I have a pre-order alert for all the horror folks out there. I am reading uh an advanced copy of Stephen Graham Jones's new book, which is My Heart is a Chainsaw. Uh I know a lot of folks loved the only only good Indians, which came out a couple of years ago. So if you love that book, get your get your little pre order fingers ready. Um, so my heart is a chainsaw. Is um, it is it's basically like a big homage to slasher films. It's about this um, young. It's like this teenage girl, and she's like on the verge of um, graduating from high school, but she comes from like a really broken home. She's obsessed with slasher movies, like slasher movies specifically, not just horror movies, but like slashers. And she like that's how. So that's the lens that she views her whole world, and um, and it ends ends up working out for her because some like her, some scary, spooky stuff starts happening in her small town, which is being gentrified um, by this like in, like. All these like hyper rich people are moving into like the other side of the lake where her from where her town is and um some murders start happening and she is the only one in the town uh because she's obsessed with slashers that uh has any idea and like is starting to connect the dots um so it's sort of it's like a slasher murder mystery mixed with um like this portrait of a 
teenage girl who's like really going through some shit and um and some trauma and how she's uh, how she's dealing with all of it it's very dreamy and it's very surreal and it's like almost an un- unreliable narrator situation um i i, I don't want to spoil anything it, it might not be um but it's very like because she always views the world through this like very interesting lens you can never really tell if what's happening is actually happening um so yeah, if you loved my uh the only good Indians, if you love slasher movies, if you love horror, this is definitely a good one to pre-order. Comes out in August. So that's My Heart is a Chainsaw by Stephen Graham Jones. And mine is a little devil in America, notes on pray notes and praise on black performance by Hanifa Jerki. So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Um, there was We have a follow-up on indoor reading spaces from Daniel who says, you might have changed my life. I recently bought a hammock for the backyard, but now is not exactly the ideal time to use it since the average highs up here in the Pacific Northwest are in the 40 to 50 degree range. It never occurred to me to, to just move the hammock inside for the winter and, until I was listening to last week's podcast. Oh, yeah. Move it Hell inside. Yeah. Send us your photos <laughs> of your inside hammocks. Please, please. Um, and then we got a Hot library feedback. Hot library feedback. Is that just the sound of like pages turning quietly? Like what is the noise in that? From Sage. Uh, Sage said, I wanted to tell you, tell you guys, and hopefully by extension other listeners, about something I discovered at my local library that may help with the 2021 Reading Glasses Challenge. My library is a fairly small local library, so definitely isn't able to be open to the public, but they are still working virtually and through the online hold service. I was on their website and discovered something else they're doing in these times of plague. They have links to Google Forms that library members can fill out their name, card, and information about books they're interested in, and the library prepares a bundle of books for the person to try. Oh my God, that's so nice. That is cool as fuck. I I tried it as soon as possible. I put in genres I was interested in and a book I've liked recently, and I got seven books to try. While I only ended up reading three of them, they were great books at— they were books I probably never have found and read on my own and enjoyed. One was even, uh, one even has a main character as a cat. The Aeronauts Went Last by uh, Jim Butcher. Um, other uh, libraries may have something similar or a way to contact librarians and see if they will do something similar, which uh, is a really great way to get book recommendations while still being safe. Hope that helps someone else. Oh, Sage, that's really great feedback. That is an extremely hot library tip. That is, that is so cool hot. as fuck. It gets triple shushes. Shh. wow yeah listeners please write in and let us know if your library is doing this because that is a really cool idea also a really great uh, way for librarians to get some backlists that might not be in circulation as much back into the hands of people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah that's great we should do a whole episode at some point about back like what's the difference between backlist books and frontlist books are yeah let's add that to our um, actually, speaking of books, I have a quick bookmark uh, for all the booksellers out there. If you are a bookseller and you are interested in reading an advanced copy of Girly Drinks, please email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Um, we are in the process, also librarians too, please. So any librarian or bookseller, we are in the process of of sending uh, advanced copies of my new book, Girly Drinks, which is the history of women drinking um, out to librarians and booksellers. And if you listen to the show and you want a copy, I want to hear from you. So that's reading glasses podcast at gmail.com. And a uh, bookmark for me, if you happen to be in Austin this coming weekend on the 22nd, um, I am in a movie called The Stylist. It's playing at the Other Worlds Festival in Austin. You know, only if you're doing in-person stuff, it's playing at a movie theater. And um, I will actually be there. 
And if you are in um, uh, Utah, the weekend of the 29th, um, or it's it, uh, there's a there's a festival called Film Quest, and 12 Hour Shift is playing there. And I will not be at that one, unfortunately. Uh, but if you're in Utah and you're going to live events, uh, then you can uh, check that one out too. Uh, well, actually, that brings us to uh, a final bookmark, something that we've been meaning to bring up on the show, is just to let folks know that Brie and I are vaccinated. We, um, I'm still waiting, as when we record this, I'm still waiting for my second shot, but um, just wanted folks to know that we got vaccinated. We are much happier for it. If you are um, thinking about getting vaccinated, um, we encourage you to do so. If you have been, we really thank you. Actually, uh, our friends over at Ono, Ross and Carrie did a really amazing episode where they bring a doctor on to like answer people's questions about the vaccine. Um, yeah, th- thank you for for getting for for getting the jab, and uh, thank you for all the fo- to all the folks who are who are thinking about it, especially the people who like don't normally like vaccines, don't normally get a flu shot, but you want to do this for the good of humanity and your fellow person. Um, we really really appreciate you. So thank you. Yeah, and I'm um, just final, final, final bookmark. Uh, we just want to thank everyone for doing for being so awesome during the Max Fun Drive. We reached our first three goals because of y'all. And look, this was a tough year. Like it was, y'all were so supportive. We had such a great time. But we know people are you're you're driven out. You're fun drived out. Uh, and so we are very happy for all the support we got. Uh, Mallory, we reached three of our goals. That's huge. We got over yes, seven hundred and fifty the- new upgrading members. Yes, we got uh, we got the erotica book club, mm-hmm. which is very exciting. We're gonna do Mango and Mistletoe. Uh, I think it's by Adrian Herrera. Uh, we haven't announced a date yet. We're going to be announcing that within the next month. Um, we also did the readathon, which is very exciting. We will also be announcing a date for that within the next month. And we reached the um, over over the weekend. We got over the hump. We reached. We got the Amish. Uh, romance book club and we're going to be picking a title for that and announcing a day for it again within the next month so if you have an idea for an Amish romance that you want us to read please send it to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com but folks we cannot thank you enough it really means the absolute fucking world to us the reason why one of the one of the main reasons why we were able to stay afloat and keep making the show every week and keep paying our bills and keep feeding our ourselves and our cats over the the pandemic is because of you uh, the support that we receive every month um, through our support, our, our member or maximum fund members is is just it's impossible to overstate how much it means to us and how important it is to us. Um, and we had such a fun drive. It was so fun to get to do all the live events and interact with everyone and see people's wheelhouses. And um, yeah, we just had such a fucking blast. And uh, we appreciate you putting up with two weeks of of bonkers uh, fun driving and um, fundraising and. Um, so thank you. We're back to our regularly scheduled programming. And if anyone, librarian or bookseller or just a regular person, uh, you want a list of all the books we talk about on the show delivered to your inbox every month, you can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. And before we talk about our favorite Sarah books, we're going to take a quick break. Como estas, Bria? Uh, bien, Mallory. Y tú? Muy, muy bien. Ooh. Gracias. <laughs> In case you don't speak Spanish, that's brilliant. I asking each other how we are. And we just learned it from Babbel, the number one, that's right, number one selling language learning app. 
Yeah, unlike all those infamous, horrible, disgusting language classes you took in high school, Babbel designs their 15-minute lessons with practical real-world conversations in mind. Hey, 15 minutes is not very long. So this is such a great great way to spend 15 minutes instead of maybe scrolling on your phone or something. These are things that you're going to use in everyday life. Yes. And so with Babbel, you can choose from 14 different languages, including Spanish, French, Italian, and German. You know, we're all going to be excited to start traveling at some point soon. We're all pumped up about it. You're going to want to go to a different country. And when you get there, you're going to want to talk to somebody. Uh, Plus, Babbel's speech recognition technology helps you to improve your pronunciation and accent. How great. So maybe if you're someone like me who's from the Boston area and has an atrocious accent with everything, Babbel will actually help you not just read and, and type all these all these words and phrases, but it'll actually help you pronou- pronounce them correctly, speak them correctly. So it's, it's so practical and it's really something that's going to, it's an app that's going to train you to be able to actually use this language. So right now, when you purchase a three-month Babbel subscription, you'll get an additional three months for free. That is six whole months just for the price of three. What a deal. Yeah, maybe next time you go to Germany, you want to order a bratwurst. (laughs) I don't know what... I don't know a lot of German food with some sauerkraut on it. Sounds like German food to me. A beer? I know I would definitely want to be able to order a beer. Uh, You'll be able to do it with Babbel. So you just go to Babbel.com and use promo code GLASSES. You all know our promo code by now, and that's B-A-B-B-E-L.com. Promo code GLASSES for extra three months free. Double for what you're paying for it. That's Babbel, language for life. Glasses. We have wasted this world. Our magic put a storm in the sky that has rendered the surface of our planet uninhabitable. But beneath the surface, well, that's another story entirely. In a city built leagues below the apocalypse, survivors of the storm forge paths through a strange new world. Some seek salvation for their homeland above. Others seek to chart the vast undersea expanse outside the city's walls. And others still seek, what else? Fortune and glory. Dive into the Ether Sea, the latest campaign from the Adventure Zone, every other Thursday on MaximumFun.org or wherever you listen to podcasts. This week... The long-awaited Sarah Spectacular. <laughs> a couple of years ago, Wait, I think it was Mallory, me. you have I to think- tell the story. You just have to tell the yes. story. Because Mallory, like, emailed me a couple years ago or texted me. And she's like, you're not going to believe this. So we had noticed before the, this incident that um, we had a lot of Sarah yeah. uh, listeners. A lot of listeners named Sarah. And then one day I looked in our inbox and... Just the front, the front page of we get a lot of a lot of a lot of a lot of emails, and I looked in the front page of our email. Every single email was from a Sarah. It's very weird. It's very. It was weird. like thirty emails, all from someone named Sarah, and various H's, H's, no H's. And I sent Bria a screenshot of it, and I was like, Bria, what is going on? <laughs> so many Sarahs, and we started to joke about it on on the show. 
And we realized it's just like a whole lot of Sarah's in the glasses community. And uh, it's like a disproportionate amount of listeners named Sarah. And we decided, so it kind of became a joke that like reading the glass, if you listen to reading glasser, uh, reading glasses, you're, we call you either a glasser or a Sarah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Cause there's just so many Sarah's. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've actually been joking about it, that doing this for a long time, but today we were doing a whole episode on our favorite Sarah books and it's a way of saying, our fun and silly way of saying thank you for your support during last week's Maximum Fun Drive. So we're doing it. Uh, so first, a little background on uh, the name Sarah. Um, a little Sarah history. A little Sarah history. So uh, the, the, one of the things I think we can tell by having so many Sarahs in our email box is the age of our listeners. Because I, Sarah was the, it was in the top 10 most popular names from 1978 to, uh, popular baby names, uh, 1978 to 2002. So we think, so most of our listeners were born during that time. And it really plateaued in the 80s. The 80s was like, it reached a a peak and stayed there. Um, but it's still been, even now, it's still in the top most, thir- 30 most popular baby names in the United States. That's Sarah with an H and uh, and in the United States. Uh, but it's also popular in the UK and Ireland. So from that, we can kind of figure out that most of our listeners were born in the 80s. That's what this means to me. Um, oh, yeah, also, well, 80s Sarah- 80s and 90s. 80s and 90s, yeah. So Sarah uh, is- derived from uh, the Hebrew word meaning princess. And as Mallory may remember, Sarah was a character in the Bible, married to Abraham, mother of Isaac. Mallory does remember that. Uh, mm-hmm. Sarah was one of the few non-Mary, na- non-Mary lady names in the Bible. <laughs> Although I think we have to change the meaning of the word Sarah from princess to avid reader. Definitely. Um, so we've got to say there's a lot of Sarahs who are authors uh, and I guess if you want your kid to be into reading and books, name them Sarah. Um, so we're going to we're going to talk about our favorite Sarah, Sarah books, Sarah authors. Um, Sarah, Bria, what is which, what, so what are some Sarah authors that you love? Um, well, I'll I'm going to start with one of the very I think the first guest, the first or second guest on Reading Glasses. Uh, I th- oh, my God, I can't remember if Sarah Def- was first or Nick White was first. Definitely top Sarah was top first two. Yeah. Uh, Sarah Benincasa who um, she's a Sarah. She's a Sarah without an H. Um, she is a great comedian. She is very funny on Instagram. Uh, she has a Patreon, and she's written uh, a number of memoir slash books, including a book called uh, Real Artists Have Day Jobs. Um, and she's just a delight overall. She's always doing fun stuff. La- last year, she did a virtual Comic-Con, and her and she was on Instagram for like— 12 hours interviewing people for like 10 minute chunks. It was something crazy like that. I may be exaggerating. Um, but she she's just a very like fun, community-oriented Sarah who loves reading and loves books, always doing shout outs on her Instagram to her cat, um, and who I think she adopted during quarantine, and uh to cool clothes and to books, and she's just living that that reader life and is an author. So she's fantastic. She's a she's a Sarah I love. Um, um, who, who's your first, Sarah? Oh, I also want to reiterate. I know we have a lot of writers in the in the in the Glasser community, in the Sarah community, if you will. Um, 
And uh, Real Artists Have Day Jobs, Sarah Benincasa's book, is I think is required reading for a lot of folks because Mm -hmm. there's so many people who are intimidated and be like, oh, well, all authors are like people who make lots of money and live in a mansion. And like, but no, the vast, vast majority of people who make art don't do it for a living and have another job. I mean, look at Bri and I, we make, we we make things, but we also make this podcast. Mm -hmm. Um, And I really, really recommend that. Um, But so obviously my first pick has to be Sarah Gailey. Um, I'm wicked biased because Sarah's a really good friend of mine, but I also love their books. They are definitely like a big reading glasses favorite. Um, Their writing sort of feels like Ray Bradbury or Kelly Link to me. Like all their books are a slightly different genre of speculative fiction and they're always amazing. Um, there's YA, but why a book about teen witches book, uh, adult book about magic and boarding schools, adult book about sci-fi cloning wives, novellas about the alternate wild west hippos being hippos and cowboys. doesn't matter whatever genre, whatever type of speculative genre it is, Sarah's going to crush it. Um, definitely if you're looking for a Sarah to get into for sci-fi fantasy. This is the Sarah to read. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, what is your, what's your next Sarah pick? Um, my next one is another early reading glasses guest, Sarah Kuhn. Uh, Sarah Kuhn writes the Heron Complex novels, which are these steamy superhero books uh, featuring Asian American leads. Um, she also co-wrote uh, the Clueless comic book, um, and she just had a new book come out called uh, From Little Tokyo with Love. Uh, she's fantastic. Um, she dresses really well and is a good Instagram follow. I'm always like finding things on her Instagram where I'm like, "Ooh, where'd you get those shoes? Like she's a, she's well, just a funny are we, are we coming, are we finding a common theme? Is are all Sarah's really good dressers? Because Sarah Gailey's also a very good dresser. I don't know. And do they all have interest, interesting Instagrams? I don't know. Um, but Sarah, Kuhn <laughs> if you name is, your kid Sarah, uh, they're going to dress really well and write really good books and read a lot. <laughs> Wow. Yes. What a, what a wonderful life. Uh, but yeah, Sarah Kuhn, uh, definitely worth picking up. Um, who is your second Sarah that you want to shout out? My second Sarah is Sarah Waters. Um, I don't, don't know Sarah Waters, um, but I do adore her. Uh, gotta be one of my favorite Sarah authors. Uh, she writes these like female centric and often queer historical fiction books that are usually like veer to the, towards the spooky side. Um, a couple movies have been made out of her books. Um, her Haunted House book, A Little Stranger, which I obviously love and was the first book I read of hers. Um, but also Fingersmith, which was made into a Korean movie called oh, The yeah. Handmaiden, which uh-huh. is so fucking good. Um, if you love historical fiction, this is the Sarah to pick. Um, she's just, her work is very, it's very dense. It's very, sort of a honk, honker, but it's very immersive and character driven. And I, I, I think I own almost all of her books. I think there might be like one that I don't have, but... She's she's absolutely fantastic. Um, what's your next, Sarah? My last Sarah, and y'all make sure you give us your shout outs for your Sarahs. My last Sarah is Sarah Val, who is an awesome nonfiction writer. Um, she writes like sort of micro histories and I'm ashamed I haven't read more of her work, but um, I loved her book that was, uh, this book, Unfamiliar Fishes, which is about the history of Hawaii. I went to Hawaii and I read it while I was there. It was such a great way to like immerse myself in Hawaiian history. Uh, she also has one that, that um, I, I haven't read, but people say is very good called The Wordy Shipmates uh, that takes like basically a new look at uh, New England Puritans. Basically, she's like Mary Roach for history. Uh, like I was going to say, I ha- I haven't read Unfamiliar Fishes, but I have, I own and have Wordy Shipmates, which oh, yeah. is really good. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, and she's great. And she also, interestingly, does the voice of one of the characters on the Incredibles. Is that right? 
Oh my god, fuck, I forgot about that. Yeah, yeah. she does she, voice like, acting too. Yeah, her voice is like a cartoon character in some ways. <laughs> and so I'm sure someone heard that and were like, will you come do this voice in this movie? Um, and so uh, I I randomly saw her speak and was trying to place her voice the whole time. And it turns out it was because she's, uh, I think, the daughter on The Incredibles. That's amazing. Uh, who's your last Sarah? Totally fucking forgot that. Um, it's funny that we both picked nonfiction authors for our last Sarahs. Um, my last Sarah is another Sarah that we both like is Sarah Smarsh. Uh, she's a nonfiction author. I really love her work. Her first book, uh, the first book I read of hers was the Dolly Parton book she wrote. Um, she Come By It Natural, um, which I just fucking loved. It's so good. And now I have her other book, Heartland, on hold at the library. Um, it's about working full time and still being poor as fuck in America's Heartland. Um, I'm really, really excited to read it. She does um, these really interesting sort of sociological books. Like she looks at Dol- Dolly Parton and the women who... Um, who Dolly Parton was inspired by and the women who were in turn inspired by Dolly Parton, um, especially in the South. And it's just like these really, again, these really interesting sociological looks at, um, at people in the South and, and, and people in uh, like in America's Midwest um, and working class women specifically. Uh, That's like one of the big lenses that she looked at Dolly Parton uh, in her book. uh, She come by it natural. And I love it. I she's one of the now one of those nonfiction authors that I like pay attention to and uh, make sure I'm checking out whatever new stuff she put out. Um, Sarah's right. Fiction. They write nonfiction. They write romance. Sarah's come in all shapes and sizes. And I know we're missing out on some Sarahs. There's a oh, bunch sure. of Sarah romance authors. There's a bunch of Sarah YA authors. Sarah J. Moss is another big one uh, that. But I've never read Sarah J. Moss. But I know that a lot of mm. people. It's the throne of glass and something it's like one of those ya titles that's like a noun of noun and noun and <laughs> i don't don't i i don't i can't it's definitely glass and something uh, uh but i know a lot of lo- sarah blake sarah blake who wrote uh nama which we both read um which i like that, yes. that she writes within like the um like speculative not speculative, like like rewriting of biblical fiction, or you know, like she's. It's like a t- weird. I think weird fiction works weird, for that. Weird fiction, but biblical, uh, which I think is so interesting, and because her name. I kind of want to reread that book now that I've read the Bible. Oh yeah, maybe you should. Maybe you should. But there's tons of Sarahs. Send us your favorite Sarahs. <laughs> send us your Sarahs. Sa- other Sarahs. Send us your Sarahs. <laughs> So you can send your Sarahs to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Before we test out some book tech, we're going to take a quick break. Bria, it's 2021, and it's okay to talk about our mental health, and that's why we're excited to be sponsored by BetterHelp. BetterHelp is a customized online therapy that offers video, phone, and even live chat sessions. Y'all know you love texting. They'll match you with a therapist in under 48 hours, and it's easy to change therapists if, if you need to. Yeah, I have been in therapy for, oh my gosh, I think maybe seven years um, and we all know how hard it is to find a therapist. Um, when I found my therapist here in California, I had to take a lot of phone calls. You always know like right away if someone's right or someone's not right. I finally found the, my, th- my current therapist. I knew he was the therapist for me because he swears a lot <laughs> and <laughs> we immediately clicked. Um, and that's why BetterHelp is so great because if you're not, it's just not working with someone, which 
is very common and happens all the time. You can just find someone else and it's totally okay. And remember, you don't need a traumatic event to benefit from therapy. Maybe you're feeling anxious. Maybe you're feeling depressed. Maybe you're just feeling very stressed out and the stress is too much to manage. Maybe you have some big life changes happening, like a worldwide pandemic that's been happening for the past year and you're trying to get back to life. And therapy is a way to get some tools to cope and make life just a little bit easier. Yeah, I always look at therapy as sort of like uh, going to the gym for my brain. Mm-hmm. Like you, you're, a therapist is like a personal trainer for your brain. I have an anxiety disorder that I manage every day. And I tr- I don't know what I would do without my therapist. He he's he doesn't come in and like get me to like do a bunch of big changes. But he um, he always sort of he's like sort of guides me uh, and helps me turn down the dial on my anxiety. And it's I, I it's one of the greatest things I ever did for myself was going and um, and finding a therapist. Plus, BetterHelp is way more affordable than in-person therapy, which is great. So see if it's for you. Just so you know, this podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp, and Reading Glasses listeners get 10% off their first month at BetterHelp.com slash glasses. That's BetterHelp.com, Better H-E-L-P, H-E-L-P, so that's BetterHelp.com slash glasses. 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 The 2021 pin sale has begun. Thank you so much to everyone who participated in the Max Fun Drive. This is the last year for a while that we'll be doing pins for Max Fun Drive, and the fifth year that we'll be selling pins and donating all proceeds to charity. The past year proved what we already knew that having access to the internet at home is a necessity for work, school, healthcare, and keeping in touch with family and friends. So the proceeds from this year's pin sale will go towards Everyone On, a nonprofit working to bridge the digital divide. We're grateful that with your support, we'll be able to help low-income folks gain access to affordable computers, internet services, and digital literacy programs. The sale will run until May 28th. Folks at the $10 monthly level and above will have access to all of the pins from the drive. That's 38 pins, one from every show on the network. We also have a special 2021 Max Fun Drive pin that all members can purchase. Go to MaximumFun.org slash pin sale for more info. And to learn more about Everyone On and support them directly, you can go to EveryoneOn.org. Time to look at some book tech advances and bookish technology. This week's book tech was originally recommended by two listeners, Devin and Mark, and it was sent in by Glasser Lynn W. There are the Aftershocks headphones. Uh, Lynn said, thank you for your podcast. This looks like fun. Can't wait to hear if it's worth trying. Uh, so these are headphones, but they are special headphones. Mm-hmm. They are bone conduction headphones, <laughs> which sounds actually pretty scary, but it's not. Um, they don't go in or over your ears. They go next to your ears and the vibrations that are like they're placed on like your bo- your skull bone and that the vibrations vibrating in your bone is what lets you hear. Um, Bria, what do you think of the Aftershocks? Well, first of all, thank you, Lynn. Um, uh, these are my number one thing to show off to people now. I always, I make them put them on and the big reveal is they're using your bones. <laughs> <laughs> Mallory almost just did a spectacular then. Um, uh, I 
I love them. <laughs> They're using your bones. They were invented by ghosts. Um, uh, ghosts but, but ghosts wouldn't be able to use them because ghosts don't have any okay. bones. They're invented by a bunch of skeletons who are like, we don't feel like we're getting enough shout outs. Um, uh, <laughs> It's a, it's a great way. So here's here's what I love about them. Um, so they are using your bones, just so you know. But then there also are, like, little speakers on them. So, because, like, if someone is using them and they're really loud, you can hear that person. Just because I've made so many people try them on, I've realized this. Um, and if you take them off, like, you can hear that there's stuff coming out. It's not just, it's not doing it. I thought it was just using, like, pulsating um, uh, vibrations. But there is, like, a tiny speaker on them. Um, so it's kind of, it's a mixture of both, from what I can tell. Is that what you feel like, Mallory? Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, so the thing, whole thing is, though, they sit in front of your ears. They don't go in your ear holes. Um, and um, it's really great because I go on so many solo walks. And I like them because I know if, like, someone's coming up beside me, like, on a jog and they need to pass. Or just generally being aware of my surroundings for safety reasons. Which is, I think, why someone started recommending them to us. Um, and I also can, like, straight up have a conversation with them on. Because, like, I can hear out of my ears. And then also I can hear what the music or whatever I'm listening to is. Uh, the The only thing... I will say that is um, annoying about them is you have to wrap them around your head. And I've gotten so used to my little um, ear pods. And like sometimes I'm going on a walk and I have to take my mask, my sunglasses, my hat. And then I try to put on these things too. And I'm like, I have four things on my head right now. It just feels like too much. But too I much think ear as, real estate. Yeah, but as like, you know, uh, we're doing less mask wearing um, in Los Angeles because of the new regulations. And as we're wearing less hats because it's warming up, um, I think that I'm going to be using them even more. But I really, I really like them. And I will say, um, I even, uh, uh, my boyfriend saw them and immediately ordered a pair, but he got like the individual ones, the ones that didn't wrap around your head because he was like, oh, these are great and I can use them and they won't tire my ears out um, as much as uh, like regular headphones do by the end of the day. I was actually going to ask what John thought of them as like the music expert. Yeah, I mean, he thinks and I agree that the sound is not quite as good. It's not like they're like really like it, it's a little tinny if you listen to it. And I've tried to have conversations on the phone on them. I'm not sure if you've had this, but um, uh, people definitely are like, oh, you sound like you're like in a car or something like you're kind of like far away or something. Um, but uh, as far as like he liked the idea of not exhausting his ears at the end of the day when he has to listen to more music because he can actually like listen to it through his bones. Um, <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm still again, stuck on the idea look, of a this skeleton being a complicated being like... system that I cannot believe works. Um, yes. Uh, so it's like, and it's very cool. And it, it does solve this problem of like, I'm often like listening to something and don't, I don't know what the fuck is going on around me. I'm not paying attention. And like, that's not the most safest thing to be for me to be doing, walking alone as a small woman in Los Angeles. Um, and so, yeah, I, I like them a lot. I'm going to give these five out of five pages. I really appreciate them. And they were not super cheap. So I super appreciate um, uh, uh, Lynn for sending them to us. Um, Mallory, you ordered these before they were sent to us. Someone recommended them and you got them. And I think you're using them at this moment. Yeah, well, so I'm sorry. I'm still stuck on the like the idea of a skeleton being like, I'm dead, but I still want to listen to things. <laughs> I don't have ears anymore, but I've got bones. But, but, but he does have bones. <laughs> um, so yeah, the funny thing is I spent the money and bought these myself when we got those emails from, I think it's Matt and Devin recommending them um, because I, yeah, Pete, 
it was, yes, Devin and Mark. Devin and Mark had written in to recommend them, and I started checking them out. Because, folks, we, oh, we get all your emails. We just can't respond to all of them because we, we get so many of them. But we, we receive them all, and we read them all. Um, and I checked these out, and I bought them. I fucking love them. I do think there are pros and cons. One con, as Bria said, they are expensive. Mine were $100, which is yeah. a lot of money to be spending on headphones. Um and the second con is also sort of a pro because one, I, I do think they're great for listening to audiobooks and music and still being able to have some situational awareness. Um, it's really nice for when you're walking around and you don't want to get murdered. Um, or if you're me and you're in the house and still want to hear your boyfriend calling your name. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you're outside because of this, you can still hear street sounds, um, which for instance, like a noisy truck might drown out the sound of your audiobook. Mm-hmm. Um, and but so four out of five pages for me, because combined with that and combined with the fact that, like you said, um, they go over your ears on like ear pods and um, I wear glasses every day. So I do have a harder time like situating them on my head. Yeah. Like um, I said, with the sunglasses and the hat and the mask, it's it's like it is a lot with the with the way they're designed. These are wireless, by the way. We should mention that they're wireless. So they're yes. we'll put a photo on the Instagram, but they're basically they look like like something out of like um, a, a cyberpunk uh, movie. Yes. <laughs> like they're like, they go around the back of your neck in this way that looks very futuristic. Um, that be- So all of that being said, I still really love them. They're actually, they're my preferred earphone, he- headphones. I'm actually wearing them right now. I always wear them when we record the show when because Bri and I record over FaceTime. Although at some point soon we'll be able to record in person again, which is very exciting. Mm-hmm. Um, especially since this is going to sound really silly, but I have very small ear holes and earbuds are not (laughs) earbuds or like air, like AirPods or anything that goes in your ear is not comfortable for me for longer than like 10 minutes. And it makes my, it actually like makes my ears sore. And I really love listening to audiobooks. Um, I love listening to music all the time and, um, it's tough. It's really annoying to have, um, to like constantly have your ears being sore um so these are absolutely amazing yeah just, that's what like that's what people say about you mallory they're like mallory author podcaster super small ear holes have She's you got seen the how smallest? small mallory's ear holes are ear holes, so like small. a little mouse it's like a little mouse over there little tiny mouse ears on a big human head um <laughs> I don't know, like I, to the point where, like, if I'm running and or working out, and I have earphone like earpods in, uh, they they'll fall out. How do you know your earholes aren't really big? I don't think that's it because it hurts. <laughs> oh, okay, it hurts. Okay, so they're too big. They're if not they were, like flopping if they were around really big, in there. They would just fall out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's true. They they fall out for me because they're they don't fit in correctly. Got it. But got these it. are amazing. I listen to them um, when I when I work out, when I'm listening to audiobooks, when I'm listening to music. I will say very specific um, issue that I have is that um, the area that we've moved to. There's like a part of our deck that I can use as a bench for benching, um, with my squat bar. And because they wrap around the back of your head, it's kind of hard when you're laying on your back on something, Mm. if you're doing abs or you're benching. Uh, so good for small ear holes, bad for benching. (laughs) Yes. Very specific Mallory problems. But other than that, I mean, I'm giving them four out of five pages because of all those caveats. I'm going to say, but if you are a person who like me has small earphones, if you're someone like Bria who walks a lot in public and wants to have some situational awareness and still listen to audiobooks, I actually think these are really, really great. Um, Yeah. Yeah. I think they were fantastic. My best friend, uh, Lauren, 
is wants is going to buy some too. It's funny that like the people in our lives are like, "Ooh, I want uh, yeah. those." Once people put them on, they feel very futuristic, and they're like, "This is the conversation I always have with people." And they're like, "You can't hear what I'm hearing," and I'm like, "No, I can't hear it." And they're like, "What?" Like it's like very confusing. Uh, just for the show and tell of them, they're very fun. But yeah, I'm using them. I use them whenever I forget to charge them sometimes because they are um, wireless. But uh, yeah, I, I I use them basically every day right now. Yeah, I love them. So thank you, Lynn, for sending those. We know it wasn't cheap, and we really, really appreciate it. Um, so those are the Aftershock headphones. Um, you can send your book tech recommendations to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. And we also still have a lot of book tech on our Amazon wish list. If you want to send us uh, something from that list, it's, uh, there's a link in the show notes. Now let's solve a bookish problem from one of our listeners. You'll understand why I picked this particular problem in a second. Uh, So this person says, it's one of the Sarahs with no H. Uh, I was wondering if you have a go-to resource for book recaps, especially for series books. I often go long periods of time between books and a series, and I do not have a great memory. I feel like I need a recap montage like the show at the like they show at the beginning of a season of a TV show. I hesitate to just Google the book because I don't want a bunch of spoilers. Do other people struggle with this? Bria, what do you think Sarah should do? Uh, yeah, I feel like we've discussed this before. People definitely struggle with this. I know I do. I actually have a horrible memory, um, especially for like things I've read or watched. Like I will watch something and be like, have I even seen this show before? Or have I read this book before? Like I won't remember that kind of stuff, but I'm also lazy. So, um, honestly for me, I personally just start the next book and hope the writer will kind of remind me what's going on, which they usually do. I feel like a good writer will. Um, But if I'm very confused, I would suggest doing like a wiki search, uh, just a Wikipedia search. I feel like that's what what a lot of people do. Um, But if there's no Wikipedia, honestly, me, I give up. I just am like, I I just like, I try to plow through or I quit the book. I'm going to stay confused. (laughs) I will stay confused and hope I understand at some point. Um, But if you're an e-reader and you have have a copy of your old version of the book, you could always go through and do an x-ray of the, this means like search for that name um, within that book and see if you're confused about a particular person. So if it's like, oh, Bob the hatchet maker, uh, I know you can't remember who that guy is, you can go back to your- Introduce me. Do that to the old version of the book um, and, and look up Bob the hatchet maker and see if you can figure out who he is. But I- Mallory's going to have better advice for this, but I feel like uh, a good writer is going to try to catch you up. They're going to be, they're going to assume that you, it's been a year since you've read that last book because it's been a year since it was released. And they're going to try to remind you what the F happened. I mean, comic books and stuff are really smart about doing this because in the beginning of trades, they always are like, last time on all of the comics that you read a year ago or whatever. Um, (laughs) uh, But Mallory, I feel like you have some specific advice for this, Sarah. Yes. So Sarah, you're not alone. A lot of people struggle with this. I think every, almost, I would say almost every reader has probably had this problem if they're, mm. uh, if they're a series reader at all. Um, and we do want to say, unfortunately, there isn't one central database for this stuff. So don't feel like you're lost or missing out on something. Um, obviously, the more popular the book is, the higher chance you'll find a Wikipedia entry for the series, which like Bria said, is the best place to start. Because if you look in like... Don't Google it. Go to Wikipedia and look in there because that won't, if there's nothing there, it won't bring up any spoilers. Um, and I, as a Mallory, I understand the hesitation about Googling. I really do not like spoilers. Um, and I will go, I will avoid them at all costs. Um, so making sure you, when if you do want to Google something, 
making sure you use the word recap for the series will really mm-hmm, help. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like put it in quotation marks to like only bring up stuff that is about a recap. Um, also, I have a tip for this and it is a lot of work, but it might be perfect. It might be the best thing for Sarah. Start your own series journal. Like oh. at the end of each book, start a new page with just a few lines about what's going on. Cause sometimes that's all you need to jog your memory. It's just like, okay, what's happened? This character, this character's, husband just died and they're in space this character just got a dog like whatever it is like uh not not a ton of work just a few sentences and especially if it's written by you i think it might be the might be the most helpful thing to jog your memory because you're Hmm. just like oh okay that's what's going on sometimes you just need a few things of like knowing where people are and what just happened to them and maybe like their emotional state or whatever, whatever salient details you think you need to remember. Um, if you are a journaler, if you someone who likes making a book journal like Bria and I, um, and you really like reading a lot of series, keeping um, keeping a, like a specifically a series journal might be the most helpful and spoiler free way to remind yourself about what's going on. Cool. I love that idea. I think that's great. I mean, Again, I'm lazy and I'll just I'll just push through and try to figure it out on my own and use context clues. But I think this is great, especially if you know you're going to commit to this series. Um, I think that's a great way to uh, and also it'll convince you to pick up the next book. I think it's great. That's cool. So if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and stickers in the Maximum Fun store. There's a link in the show notes. And if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's great for us. It helps us reach more listeners and helps us look extremely fancy. You can always email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks thanks for for reading. reading.